this is what I'll tell you. If you were saying, oh, it doesn't sound like they liked the movie. Should I even watch it on Netflix? Yes, but have your fast forward button ready. Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. It's bullshit generalization. Many sequels have surpassed their original. Oh, yeah? Name one. Ramblers, let's get rambling. This is the Spiritual Sequel Podcast, brought to you by the brothers Jansen. I am one half, Forrest. I'm the other half, Carter. Carter Moss. And if our voices sound different on this episode, it's because they have been digitally de-aged for this episode. We may sound younger, we may sound older even, Oh, if they if you age somebody up, is it de-aged or is it? Yes, at certain points of the podcast, you'll notice we get much more gruff and much, weathered and too much smoking. That's when they've been digitally aged upward. That's uh, and we went through this process. It was costly. We spent our entire budget on this aging voice technology, but we had to do it because today's movie is Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, a Netflix movie. Their biggest movie, I would assume, today, and I think it cost two hundred million dollars. And it's in theaters. That's and a and lot of theaters, theaters for a, a run before it's for Netflix on movie. the service. Usually, it's a same day. Yeah, although people are criticizing that it's not enough theaters for a Scorsese movie, but we'll get to this probably more in depth. But I would argue it it's not as good a theatrical experience. It's it's made by Netflix and it's probably better suited on Netflix. Yeah, and maybe as a miniseries and not a movie. We'll talk about that more. We're also going to be tying in another movie, The Godfather 2, which just had its 45th anniversary. It was also in theaters, probably the same amount of theaters, if not more. Yes. Well, we wanted to revisit it just because we wanted to make sure it's one of those movies we say, oh, it's a sequel that's better than the original. It's one Even of- though that's not... It doesn't matter, really. It doesn't have to be better. Right. This is always your argument. The, it can make the first movie better if it's a really good sequel and it continues where the characters go and they go even further. Ooh, Godfather 2 might be a good example. Not as good as we remembered and mm. maybe not better than the first, but it might make the first better. That's something we're gonna, we'll have to think about. Yeah, I think it does. Because yeah. it gives you more like, oh, that's how you know, the, the Godfather became the Godfather. You know? Yeah. And we've talked about, you know, with like an X-Men first class, or even uh, there's other origin stories where we think, or um, Wolverine. I, they don't all have to be X Men. Where like you know Wolverine and X Men Two didn't you got enough backstory? Just those flashes, you got it. So then when you get the whole movie of how he became Wolverine, it's too much. It's overkill. It takes some of the allure and the mystery away from it. Like Magneto, that opening scene from the very first X Men in the concentration camp, you get it, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't need X Men First Class explaining. How he goes and goes on his revenge. Or just do it. I mean, they just did the same thing again. Yeah. Like, true. change it up a little bit. True. Give your version. Doesn't Which I guess be... is what Joker did, right? Yeah, exactly. This is not the, you the still... origin you already know and believe, and we're just going to fill it in. This is, here's another take, or kind of, here's what you might not have expected, right? And you get the Bruce Wayne parents' death, right? Yeah. 
different than how we the, the same in theory it's the end not the beginning which is interesting you yeah. don't think that it's going to be part of the movie and it's from the joker but not directly all the other versions it's either a random person or it's the joker himself for this yeah. one it's just the fact that he's caused chaos indirectly because also he doesn't <laughs> even have a political mission or any i mean he's propelled to the front of this kind of social movement in that movie right mm-hmm. yeah even yeah even the outcomes of his actions are somewhat indirect right mm. interestingly i'm glad we're talking about that one because it's that one was like an old scorsese movie Oh, true. And we just saw an old Scorsese movie. (laughs) So old. Yeah. Not old as far as what decade it was made, but old as far as this was an old man movie. Made by old men for old men, maybe? I feel like they would fall asleep. Yeah. Maybe that's the point, though. Our father watches things to fall asleep, right? I, I, I think if we had, like, the version of the Oscars for falling asleep, like movies and television that just like knocks people out irishman best picture year they would just they would they would have like achievements every year for like we all remember the irishman it was it put so many people asleep that uh, not to give too much away about my take but i it was the first movie i can remember actively trying to go to sleep in the theater i didn't want to leave out of respect you know but i got myself as low and as comfortable as I could and I leaned my head back and I tried my hardest <laughs> I said let's let's settle in and get comfy because there's no use in staying awake for the rest of this runtime it was like you were saying if they got the award for naps when I was in high school there was a mob deep CD and uh, it was so for some reason it wasn't even a bad album but I mean I was two tracks in and I was asleep every time and so when I'd get home from school, if I wanted to take a nap, I would put that on and like clockwork. By the middle of track number two, I was out. Wow. That's, you know, it's funny because usually we like rely on meditation and mindfulness type stuff <laughs> to relax. And you're just like, nope. Rap. Hardcore hip hop. Murder music, I think it was called. That's what puts me to sleep. The funny thing is because I can't fall asleep in the theater. Like I just, I can't. I used to be like that. And now I, now, I mean, it's a 50-50 toss up. But there was a point in the movie where I said, if I could fall asleep, I'd do it right now. And oh. then I looked over at you, and you were you were very the most asleep I've ever seen you. Your body had morphed with the chair. You were one, where you were like, well, I was in it long enough. My God. But usually, I feel like somebody falls asleep, they kind of like their head just kind of tilts over a little bit. Well, that's a Your normal full... movie, not a four-hour movie. Yeah. Oh my God. That, but that's that's one of the lessons we learned from both of these movies can't have movies over three hours especially when it starts hitting three and a half that's a whole block of a day you have morning afternoon and night we spent this is this is like the whole block of you know normally how are you spending your night oh how are you spending an afternoon we're watching the irishman literally the whole afternoon whole afternoon (laughs) they should do re-edits and just speed these movies up like they should have like godfather 2 for the 21st century yeah because that's this is what i've said we you know we we recently talked about dr sleep and the shining the shining moves too slow for me and i you know i love jarmish i can do a slow burn i don't need everything to be hyperactive you know tony scott style but some of those movies there's just 
stuff you don't need, I feel like. You know, we can cut the fat off. There can be some mm-hmm. more propulsion. Scorsese understood that. He came from that era. Those things are live wire, you know? I mean, that's that's why I don't understand why people like The Irishman. Is It seems anti-Scorsese. And I feel yeah. like that's somewhat people are like, he's deconstructing himself or his his he's it's a commentary on his own gangster movies and you're just like well, no no it's not the it's, reviews are so apologetic in a way if they didn't know who directed this there's absolutely no way like scorsese obviously has built up enough goodwill we love scorsese i mean unbelievable what he's done but yeah this one like all the reviews were oh yes it's long and meandering and boring but that's intentional because it's about a character who can't feel. So you're, it lulls you so you don't feel even with stuff that's happening. It's like, well, that's not very cinematic. This, this is that ad astra mental gymnastics to make something that's not yeah. good. Good. Where you go. It's amazing. Of course, you're not connected with any of the characters on screen. That's the whole point. Right. That's what, what life's like. You don't always connect with people. And sometimes there's I don't stuff want that's to- not Climactic. Then I'll do that. I don't go yeah. to the movie theater to go, oh, I don't connect with anything. Thank you. Speaking of, le- all right, let's dive right in. Structurally, this movie does some very, the framing devices. So, oh man, they make no sense. There's there's one where they're, he's old driving with their, him and Joe, uh, Robert, I should say, not him. Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci are driving with their wives, a little country drive. The wives are sleeping in the back. They keep taking breaks to have smoke on the side of the road. Well, what is this as a framing device? Why? It, I, I, I don't get it. it, it, it nothing. I think it eventually it. ties into after he meets up with Pacino and then I think has to kill him. It's like. What does this drive, though, ever have to do with anything? I think it does tie in later. Oh, my by God. By then, I think you were asleep. But it was never like, oh, thank. Wow, I'm so happy that they included all that drive and them in this odd age range. Was that their actual age? Is that what that? that I seems? don't know. Actual? What do you mean actual? I mean, they're all dead. They're not alive anymore. Oh, I mean of the actors. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> when you said they're all dead, I was like, Jesus. No, no, no. Are they doing that uh, James oh. Dean, yeah. the, the hologram taking the aging oh, no, him no. and putting him in movies. I thought they meant the people they were playing. Um, they did that for De Niro and they did it for Pesci. I mean, think about it. If they're driving and they, Joe Pesci is fast asleep and we're in a four-hour movie struggling to stay awake and you're showing the characters are asleep in the car on a drive, why are we watching that? They seemed lifeless. Yeah. They seemed like they were recreated from a, a dead image of De Niro and P- Pesci. <laughs> but like, now I'll also raise you. So that's your one framing device, okay? Now you also then, it cuts to old old robert de niro appearing to be filming a documentary you called it like aging rock star documentary like it's it looked like something like on else, yeah. vh1 filmed totally different he's talking like right towards the camera he's super oh so in my day and then it's me and jimmy hoffa we're doing this you know it's probably because scorsese did doesn't he's done a, some documentaries on like yeah he's on the rolling stones and stuff dylan maybe dylan no i don't know if he did a dylan one definitely did the rolling stones yeah so that's a definite but why two framing devices? You don't need... How many do we need? Zero. There's also narration. Zero framing. I, that's <laughs> what I want. Right. Why, why any framing devices like this for this movie? Can you think of just a differentiate? It, I don't think it plays better on TV either, those framing devices. Don't you think 
as soon as they're in the car just pumping gas and just driving i feel like i would have turned it off i was like oh well this was boring well the other thing with the framing device no is wonder. at one point they pull off to the side of the road and de niro looks at pacino he's like oh is that do you recognize that gas station pesci yeah oh what did i say pacino oh sorry yes i would loved pacino to be in that scene yeah i wished every scene had pacino in it this needed to be just pacino the entire movie I should say, I loved having Joe Pesci back. I thought Joe Pesci was great. You had some issues. You didn't quite believe that he was that character that he was supposed to be playing, or that even if he was, he it didn't seem like he'd be effective as a mob boss, the way he's portraying him. Because we know Pesci can obviously play a, a mob guy, but he's playing him much friendlier and more forgiving. Yeah, he just doesn't... I don't, Unless... That exists. He doesn't seem to be ruthless. Or he seems like he's yeah. one of those characters that's gonna, at one point, show how oh all how tough he can be. He yeah. has that. There's a ten percent where if he turns it on, he's a mean sob. Otherwise, he's this friend. But he never does. I wonder if they were just counting on the fact that between Goodfellas and Casino, are they are we supposed to be bringing that baggage in? Like, well, we know, but we know Pesci's got it in the bag. We know he's capable. Is that? Do you think that's what they're counting on? I don't know. He, he seemed old. He definitely seemed old. Not that he was bad in it. He just seemed... He's like, just a great actor, I thought. He does stuff with his eyes. He's very natural, you know. I mean, you know he's I, one of my top five guys. Yes. I'd say acting-wise, solid job. But, yeah. like, it's not his fault that he's old. And he seems like, all right, I'll do another take. And also, it seems like, I'm sure the de-aging process is, seemed was like a nightmare, right? I don't know. To shoot with. Wait, should to I? To shoot it the first time with an actor who's never done it in his whole career seems... It doesn't seem smart. sound like they had to do very much different the way they did it. Should I say... Uh, yeah, so I heard Martin Scorsese was interviewed by Spike Lee at a screening. Hmm. He said some stuff. Now, one of the really interesting things was they... Because uh, they didn't have to act very different. But Scorsese said when De Niro is looking across the table when it's Keitel and Pesci... And he's supposed to be young and kind of more intimidated by them. And when De Niro's sitting there, they said he looked kind of scary and intimidating himself. And then when they did the effect... Oh, sorry. I'm saying it in reverse. De Niro acts it out and he acts intimidated with his normal aged current face. Mm -hmm. When they do the effect and make him look young, something about him being young made him more threatening. Scorsese said that it was like the way the light hit his old face. Now they have to recreate even that light, you know, and there's little twinkles of light that now, now it gives you, even though they're recreating the expression, the expression's kind of different and it's just different on a different, the younger face. It has a different effect so cinematically. Did, did they have to reshoot his him doing, did he have to act differently or they just had to change the, the process? They of the think agent? they would morph it more because what he was doing was what they wanted. Okay. But then they found that it had a different effect on you as a viewer, right? Mm-hmm. The same face an old guy is looking at you with, that a young guy is looking at you with, there's different capabilities, I guess, right? There's different... Hmm. What uh, was your What was your thinking going in, of, like what you expected from this movie? So this is another one of those kind of roller coasters, right? Where, when you hear Scorsese is back with De Niro, it's been since Casino was the last time they worked together. I think it's 95, you forget how long it's mm. been. It shows you how powerful Casino and Goodfellas are because that just stays in your mind where you're like, they just work together. It feels like they work together consistently, huh. right? Always, always. That's so long ago. He's And Scorsese and Pacino have never worked together up to this point. 
Pesci is retired. They bring him out of retirement, right? Kaitel's back in it. I mean, when you hear that, and when you hear it's the guy who killed Jimmy Hoffa, like the big mystery, what happened to the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa, that is exciting stuff. You know, if you're a film insider, Stephen Zalian, the great writer, is writing it. I mean, this is the type of stuff you get excited about. This is what we get out of bed for in the morning, right? Hmm. I wonder, does De Niro seem like he was in a Scorsese movie more recent because other filmmakers shoot like Scorsese in honor because they love him? Like a David O. Russell. I think it's because Scorsese's still working and De Niro's still working, both of them pretty consistently. And De Niro pops up in a lot of movies. I feel like you just assume he must have been in one of those. As You know, even if he wasn't the star, I feel like he must have been in one of them. As so, You know, mm-hmm. couldn't you picture him popping up in Wolf of Wall Street or something? Or one of those movies? True. Like mm. Gangs of New York. Like he probably dropped in for a scene or two. We um, forgot. It doesn't make any sense that he did. why he didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he only wanted to star, I, which doesn't sound like De Niro these days. Maybe you only want to start in a Scorsese. Yeah. I don't know. It is It is pretty interesting. Like him and Wolf of Wall Street, that sounds good. Put it really there. felt like Scorsese just replaced De Niro with DiCaprio. He just went on that DiCaprio run. Hmm. But then I want DiCaprio and De Niro And De Niro, again. that's the... Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. I thought... I thought they should have done, because the de-aging is so silly. They should have just had young... De Niro played by DiCaprio, and then you're merging the two periods of Martin Scorsese's career together. It's, it's not a it's not a bad idea, but this brings this this reminds me of what my expectations going in was. This mo- Irishman movie is going to be a great mob classic, like everyone was talking about, right? Where you're like, they can't all be saying this. Like it's so consensus that it has to be the truth. They were saying but, that, or you were saying you thought that they were. But the preview gave me some caution. It looked, didn't look particularly... The music was like, look, this is one of those fun Scorsese gangster movies. But you're like, but what I'm looking at doesn't right, seem to Right, the imagery's be, not there. It's just like a taxi driving or somebody getting out of a car. And you're like, okay. That song they picked was great. That was yes. so classic yes. Scorsese for the trailer. But then my thoughts were that the agent looked so bad that that was going to be like, I don't know why they did that. And that's going to... What's really going to hurt the movie? And it's going to be hard to like make it feel like a legitimate were cool you s- gangster movie. But were then you- coming out, I had the reverse. My favorite part was the de-aging. <laughs> Not for that it being good. It was very funny, but everybody laughing in the theater. We're all having a good time. And you see Robert De Niro as that Call of Duty character when he's in war. He, it's he hysterical. Looks, he looks like he's, he's, he's an animation and everybody else in the scene is, is not animated. So it's like it's weird to see this animated De Niro walking through our world but that was like i thought it was really funny and people were they were laughing it was hysterical i, I love pacino but then i didn't like the mobster element of it of it it was like being a mobster is boring <laughs> like well i don't well it's funny you need to you burst said, that bubble uh, for me i could I, sure yeah whatever but because one of the reviews was that this is scorsese's eulogy to gangster movies and you were like yeah, this is the death of them. We don't, I, this makes me not want to watch anymore. <laughs> I'm good after this. If this is what they've become. I don't agree, though. I think Trump was the end of gangster movies. Oh. Because people were like, oh, shoot, he's acting just like a mobster, but like 
the worst, dumbest version of, you know, or like he's clearly like somebody who's watched too many of them and is like mimicking them in, in some ways. Yeah. I think people were like, hey, I guess being a gangster is kind of lame, actually. Right, because they always seemed cool and ahead of the curve, mm-hmm. and he proves he's like, no, if you're a white male, it can be pretty dumb. And yeah, you're, it's not very hard. Because yeah. you just we, have to try. It's crime. like risky and go getter, and you're yeah. doing, you know, you're you you put you you got the guns and the you're pushing people around and it's power, all those things Trump makes like. Eh. Now wait, is that what we really want? I want to stay on expectations for a second. Yes. 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 Were you skittish at all before seeing the trailer? You hear the announcement, what I said, right? And you get excited. Was there a part of you that thinks, though, well, De Niro and Pacino are not really... Not really bringing the fastball anymore? Yeah, I mean, it's like we can't keep expecting Carmelo to be Olympics Carmelo anymore. Hmm. We keep giving up our hope, you know? And Mm -hmm. then we keep getting disappointed. De Niro at least has like it seems like if the movie's right he can bring it still. But they've Pacino been known to sleepwalk. Seems like he's just picking in a Nicolas Cage like way where he's just like, well, all right, that's not, what was his quote where he was saying that he just picks like he said he gets excited by if the movie's bad then he well he said you never like sign on necessarily knowing a movie's going to be bad bad but at some point while you're there and it's coming together you realize oh this is going to be a stinker and he's like can I just single handedly turn this from bad to mediocre you know <laughs> no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no you cannot that does not happen but he says that becomes your mission to my skill and he's like that's a bad habit i've fallen into and i gotta get out of it but he, i mean he doesn't make them good bad so that's something i guess yeah righteous kill is unbelievable oh this, this is the the spiritual sequel yeah right or the yes. Robert De Niro and Pacino in a movie that they both have said is terrible. Oh, they said. I that? think that's why they wanted to reteam again because they're like that wasn't really. I think objectively, Fifty Cent is better than both of them in that movie, and I'm not defending Fifty Cent's acting my God. abilities. My God, I can't even think of a comp for that. They both look sport. like they're about to fall asleep at any minute. They look like Morgan Freeman in Olympus Has Fallen when. He appears like he's taking a nap on set and they didn't tell him that they were shooting. Morgan, we're rolling. Huh? What? No. <laughs> I feel like they yelled cut and Morgan looks up each time like, huh? What? Wait, you were rolling that whole time? That looks like the entirety of Righteous Kill. Well, the other movie we were talking about, Godfather Part 2, has the two of them. They don't have any scenes they together. Because yeah. one is, De Niro's playing the father of Michael Corleone and Pacino's. This and that was why I thought if you did the Irishman and you had DiCaprio, because you said they don't look enough alike. I said, yeah, but Marlon Brando and De Niro don't look anything alike. But you said at least they're not in the same movie. No, I actually like what you're saying now. I think, but I think you'd have to do it for every single character. Like I, w- I would need a little Pesci, and I would need a little or a young Pesci. I need a young Pacino. I need a young. I want them all young, and I want to get all big actors who don't have to look like them. But it's just like, all right, we got who who's. They don't have to look like him. They just have to be the comp of that same actor 30 years before. So, like, DiCaprio is the De Niro, sort mm. of. He's also kind of like a Paul Newman and, like, yeah, Steve McQueen. He's like everybody. He's like the, the – there is no other. But he still could stand in because he's Scorsese's second muse. So then to, for him to turn into the, the first muse is, is interesting. 
And then you could do the same thing for Pacino. You could take an actor where you're like, oh, that's definitely, he's definitely a lot like, I don't know who that would be though. Hey, I want to say, I think DiCaprio is more like Clark Gable. Now, I don't know a lot about Clark Gable, but it, what I picture Clark Gable being, because Paul Newman. Well, that's a terrible, why would you make that kind uh, Well, I hey, just, I, you know. My, knowing my history on Clark Gable, which is none. No, I know, I, but I know, I else. do, I do think I have an impression of him. Well, that's what I mean. You get impressions of people historically, right? And you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have seen them and formed your own because uh, I think Clark Gable was more serious. Or Paul Newman was a little bit sillier. He had a funnier air about him that I don't think DiCaprio has. He had an about affability. Quentin, Quentin Tarantino's. Eh, you think he's like funny in a Paul Newman-y way? No. Probably, yeah. I think he plays them serious. I think the laughs come from his, how invested he is, like his, right? No, I, I don't think he has any weaknesses. That's why I think he's... I don't, I'm not saying he has a weakness. You're saying humor is his weakness. No, I, I'm just saying he's not taking those kind of roles or doing the kind of tongue-in-cheek wink and a nod that But I think Catchman, if you can, he's definitely doing that. Nah, really? I guess. I thought that... It's funny you bring that up. I would have argued that's what that movie is missing, is more fun and more bounce. Paul Newman would have been really good in that. You don't think Wolf of Wall Street? I mean, the whole movie is like a gag. Wolf of Wall Street would probably be the closest. But again, he's still... He's committed passionately in a way... There's no passion in comedy. No, no. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, Paul Newman's not a comedian, but, you know, you think Butch Cassidy or even... Uh, what was the other Willem Goldwyn one where he's like the private eye? Or Slapshot. Slapshot, yeah. That's what I thought of. Oh, oh, yeah. That's even... I wasn't even thinking of that. That's a better example of my point. Like, you can't... Can you picture... I'm not saying DiCaprio couldn't do it, but he's not. He doesn't. The movies he does that are funny, he's committed to in a... Right? They're funny more circumstantially, not... Who else would you get for Pacino, then? Let's just move off DiCaprio. Theo James is always the our, the, our go-to. <laughs> I just said that he has to be in a, the comp for the... Oh my God. What? He has to be who's a patootie you think of as a Pacino now. I don't think of Theo James as... Oh, oh, oh. I, I don't even know if he's had a, a acting performance where I go, oh, no, no. He blew me away. Well, I was just trying to think. It was like, Pacino's tan. He's kind of tan. I was like, that could kind of work. I was thinking... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there are comps anymore. What That, does, that doesn't make sense. It's not like acting's bad anymore. You no. Could, they could, if DiCaprio turns into De Niro, right? That's yeah. not like they're similar. It's just... We found something that they're comparable. They both are the muse of Scorsese. So, well, who would be Pacino now? Who is putting in a lot of good work? I feel like you're getting... I mean, it's tough. It's really hard. Especially if you haven't thought about it. Gosling? No. No, no, no. Gosling's not bad for Godfather Part Two type, though, because he's definitely, like, one emotion most of the time. He's also... Because remember when Pacino was young and he had that kind of squeaky... Mm-hmm. high-pitched voice and he was kind of soft and then he turned into a, like a more gruff guy gosling's going through that kind of transformation is he too big i don't know well are we doing size i thought we're just who is the comp as far as act that actor who fills that space in the market does anybody no. remind you of pacino no no Pacino's a one of a kind like, DiCaprio doesn't remind me of De Niro, but they fill similar roles. I mean, really, just because of the whole Scorsese connection. Anybody for Pesci? Oh, my God, no. Pesci's a one of a kind. There's no other Pesci ever. That's why I like Pesci so much. 
He's a unicorn. Yeah, there's not many. I mean, like that sized actors. It's like Danny DeVito and him. Yeah. There's, I don't know if there's going to be like a new crop of the. I don't know if we're going to find. I don't think you can find Pacino, De Niro, Keitel, or Pesci's. That was a different era. Like they talk a lot about those movie stars that came out in the 70s and 80s. Elliot Gould is a good example. Like they they started uh, Robert Duvall, Dustin Hoffman. They go away from the movie star like Burt Reynolds, you know, and Paul Newman's into they they weren't necessarily movie star good looking. They it was more about the actors and intensity and personality. Hmm. You know, Christopher Walken comes out. I mean, think about all those guys at that time. They're not marquee kind of like I think they would be now. I think they actually could work now, but I think we would see them so much that we would think they were good looking. What? Who? All those actors then, what you're saying, they're not. No, I think they could work now, but all right. So then who, but then why can't we think of, but I don't know if a a shorter shortness is actually, I feel like a challenge now. I feel like we're getting taller. Stay them is short. There it is. (laughs) Stay them turns into Pesci. (laughs) I mean, I like it more than. What was your other? What was your Pacino one? No, Theo James Theo was James. a joke. I feel like we throw, I throw okay. him out for a lot of stuff. He should get more work, is what we say. I thought they were both tan. Was all I was going with. I didn't realize I was trying to find the actor of that kind of intensity and uh-huh. talent and commitment. You know, this is a movie that feels like it could be and probably would have been better served as a miniseries. I think if you chop this into three parts or four parts, an hour each, at least it's easier to sit through, right? And then you're less demanding of each. If it doesn't quite add up, you're like, well, maybe it'll add up to something later in the next it's, episode. You wouldn't realize that it didn't add up to anything, right? Like TV's more meandering. Plus, it's for Netflix. I guess. You you missed the last hour, though. If you saw that last hour, you'd be like, no one's yeah, no one's tuning in for the finale, is what I'm saying, right? Because right? there's... I mean, there's a one scene where De Niro, at one point, is getting like an award, and all the mobster people are there. That scene went and, on endlessly, right? And it was just a conversation where De Niro tells Pacino, hey, Pacino, you got to, he was playing Jimmy Hoffa. He's like, you got to uh, not threaten the mobs, the mafia that you're going to like reveal what they're doing, their dirty business. He's trying to, Pacino's character trying to become the president of uh, the Teamsters again. He lost it, went to jail and he's coming out of jail. He wants to get it back and the, the mobsters don't want him back because the guy who's currently the president, Fitzgerald, is like really loose with the money and he's just letting it flow. And Pacino was kind of a little more tight fisted in this scene. De Niro is really good friends with Pacino and Pacino's like, I'm not going to say anything. I tell the, the, the mob ops, mob guys, I'm not going to do anything. And then De Niro goes, okay. And then he'd go to Pesci and go, he's not going to do anything. And then Pesci would go to somebody else and they'd go, what are we going to do? He's not going to do anything. And then he'd go, all right, well, well, I'll talk to him. Pesci would talk to, to Pacino. Pacino would go, I'm not going to do it. And then Pesci would talk to De Niro and, and, and say, Hey, can you get him to do it? He says he won't do it. I just talked to him. And then De Niro goes, okay, I'll go and talk to Pacino. And they talk again and have the same conversation for like, that's like six, just me saying it. I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh God, come on. We just, can we get there? We can move on to the next scene already. That was like 20, 30 minutes. That would be a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part of the scene is Pacino dancing with Anna Paquin. They're just having a good time dancing. And you're like, ah, I love Pacino. Oh, I like this Pacino is the other casting movie. I wanted to bring up was Anna Paquin, who just appears out of nowhere at one point. Because they're doing different ages, she's a little girl for most of the time. And then three quarters of the way through, I guess, conservatively, maybe two-fifths with this movie, 
It felt like near it's the all end. All of a sudden. And they're like, you know who she is. She's just like, standing there and you're like, whoa, who's what's she doing in this movie? Who's she playing? What's happening? Why is she staring like that? Not saying anything. And then you realize, oh, is that the daughter now? Ah, okay. I guess. Yeah, you're like, I didn't know she was in this. And what's she doing here? She hasn't been anything in a while, right? I don't. That's what I can it's good to, to see her again. Yeah, I like seeing her. It's just the way they introduce her, like we said, is so jarring. What did you wait uh, before we moved on from the TV thing, though? Scorsese put all his TV, the whole cast of the whole cast of vinyl. It felt like was in it: Ray Romano, Bobby Cannavale, and then the British guy from uh, Boardwalk Empire pops up in there. Who's that? He's the Jason Statham sidekick. Oh, in, in Snatch, uh, in Snatch, that little guy. Not in Boardwalk. Well, what Empire. did he play? I don't remember him at all. Yeah, he's the guy. He shows up in shorts, and he's really late, and Pacino's really upset at him. Oh wow! Okay. He was fun in it. Fizio. Those are fun. Those are some of the somewhat better scenes where yeah. uh, Pacino's character is just like, if you pass 10 minutes late, you make it a statement. And he like starts fighting him. That's good. Pacino's funny in it. It's worth, uh, this is what I'll tell you. If you were saying, oh, it doesn't sound like they liked the movie. Should I even watch it on Netflix? Yes, but have your fast forward button ready. And just every time it's not, you can tell the scenes don't like just magically become good. In this movie, it's not like oh, it's building to something. It doesn't build; it just keeps going until you're like okay, and then it gets to the next scene finally, and then it does it again. Except for Pacino, Pacino is just his energy is so needed. Where everybody else is dead, he's alive. But he's also not. We should say he's not doing late period Pacino, where he's Except just yelling and he's on a ten scene. No, I know, but yeah. but but it is not. It's not all the time. Yeah, and that's a good uh, overlap also with Godfather too, right? That's in the subtle period of mm-hmm. Pacino, and he's basically just staring the whole movie. He's got the one look, which is just, I'm going to kill you, and I can't believe you're wasting my time. And then it's not till the very end, the scene with Diane Keaton, and he loses it, you know? And he goes off the handle on her, and he turns into... That's probably the bridge of old Pacino to new in that one scene. You're right. No, that is the one scene. I wish that scene went longer. It seems to, as soon as he started shouting, the scene's over. Yeah. And you're like... Francis Ford, what are you doing? And his lip is literally trembling. Did you see that? Well, I also needed more Diane Keaton. It's amazing for a movie that long. She's barely in it. We wanted both. We want, I wanted both the women. Talia Shire, I wanted more. Uh-huh. Diane Keaton. Yeah, they, they act like they've given her an arc. And at the end, it's like, oh, what a big revelation. She had an abortion. You're like, she's hardly in this movie. Who gives a shit? Yeah, she had nothing to do. What a yeah, thankless I want her. Role. Yeah, I want her. That's where the most of the movie should have taken place. Him and his having to... Raise a family after he's completely turned into the devil. I would have been more interested in that than all the Hyman Roth technicalities thing. of the Hyman Roth and back and forth. That's the thing with the part one. A lot of part one, I, I for Godfathers, I think that it happens in part two, which is why I say a oh, part two. So it's, it's oh. be- it is actually better, even though again it doesn't matter. A lot of that happens in part one when he. Be- I thought he him becoming the full Godfather happens in two, but it it really. Is, yeah, well, Pacino becoming the Godfather. Brando or De Niro becoming that character. It just definitely felt like in the first one, there's a lot happening. In the second one, it's just like a lot of... It's almost, that's why I think it's good that we're comparing it to Irishman. It's a lot of like sitting around, talking. Yeah. And stuff that seems like it should be more suspenseful than yes. it is. You know, the conflict I remembered- resolution is, is so easy in every scene. They're like, oh, he's screwed. Yeah. The, the Senate committee is going to lock him away. And then they're like, nope, we got this... 
guy's brother somewhere and he's brought in and everything's fine he's not gonna lie he's not gonna say that yeah and then he just disappears and you're like oh that was really easy everything seems right it seems like it's resolved quite easily that's what it feels like the movie it seems like was resolved before we saw it so they're like every scene they're like well this has been resolved all right so you have to kill yourself in a bathtub okay i'll do it yeah i mean when young marlon brando who's played by robert de niro goes back to italy to get revenge on the guy that killed his parents like that should be such a cool scene and it's kind of flat yeah i mean the guy's like dead so you're like who cares he's like sitting there and he's like but even the way they go about it maybe de niro could have said something cool then since he's already dying no he just like guts him yeah i mean wait thank you and even like the scene at the what's that italian uh san Gennaro festival and little italy oh great shot and shoots the mob guy after he shoots, after De Niro shoots, oh, the that mob shot boss. is great. When he's walking, the tracking shot, sparklers, oh. the fire, sparklers are going off, and they're they're kind of bleaching the frame out a little bit, but in a great way behind him. It's really cool. You'd think they would have to cut after each one of those, and it just keeps following him, and it works. It's amazing because it should overexpose the film and it sort of does but in a but then it recovers best which possible you wouldn't way think, yeah. it probably only works because gordon willis is notorious for shooting everything so dark and the black's like really crushed and really dark hmm. there's a new guy now that shoots a lot like him he's uh he's a black guy he's really good he did the solo oh yes yes he shoots a lot like that or it's okay. everything's like really dark yeah let's get his name because he's he's bloody good i mean that's my favorite part i think of solo is how it's shot yeah, it's well shot. Bradford Young. Bradford Young, yeah. yeah. Young. Which sounds like uh, it would be from the same era of Gordon Willis, right? It sounds like they would be contemporaries. One other... Wait, so what was there anything else from that scene where he kills the mob boss? Just that it was, it was so easy, right? The resolution, he just like shoots him. Yeah, away. it just seemed like it would be more suspenseful. I mean, that scene's pretty cool when the you know he wraps the towel around and it catches on fire from the flame. The music's great in that, too. I played it. It's They use the that song in the Nas and... When Nas oh, and Jay Z right. finally recorded a song together, Black it's Republican. that scene. Yeah, I can't believe uh, Ennio Morricone didn't do the music to Godfather. I totally forgot that it was Nino Rota. Yeah, right. I mean that that seemed like that had Ennio Morricone written all over it. I couldn't believe it. There's got to be other. See if Nino Rota. Can you type that in? See if he looked. What else did he do? Yeah, it's funny that you're like, oh, it's an Italian movie. It's got to have the one Italian composer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, there was another one. Damn it. Looks like Romeo and Juliet from 68 and The Godfathers and Eight and a Half, Fellini. Wow. Short filmography. Oh, no, no. I think I think he did oh. a lot of Fellini. But that's, those are like his big movies. I'm not going to go through his whole... Oh. So many of them are in Italian. I don't know if oh, it's yeah, like a real yeah, legitimate yeah. movie or not. It, it looks like he's, he did most Fellini. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know what his, the titles are. Of right, right, movies, right. So. No, no, that's fine. He did the old Death on the Nile. So. Oh. All right, one other one other casting bit I want to cover before we go on. Sebastian Meniscalco pops up in here. Great performance. He's one. Of, yeah, he's another highlight. He's would, definitely a highlight. And he has the most fun conflict. Like, they're like, oh, God, he's this fun new gangster who doesn't care about the old guys. And then De Niro has to, like, handle him. Which but, is a cool scene. Yeah. And there's a great scene in the club mm. when De Niro kind of gets in his way. And Sebastian's giving him a great look. And he's just staring at him like a beat longer than you're expecting him to. And then you're kind of like, what is he going to do or say here? And then he 
does this move with his hand in front of his face and before walking like briskly walking away and he's just fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of fun. And he's so Italian and he seems like he could totally and Midwestern, be Midwestern. And of that which era. Which is when right, where right. this is taking place. Right, Chicago Italian. What I like he, Yeah, he really does look like he's from then, not from now. I liked Pacino's Chicago accent. I mean, I just that even that he was attempting it sometimes, right? I couldn't. Well, yeah, it's, uh, that's what you were saying. Kind of came and went, but I thought it was there more than I don't know. And it was there when you needed it to be, like when he was like making big speeches and things. Yeah. I don't remember him ever doing an accent, even when he does like Shakespeare, like The Merchant of Venice. I feel like he's doing his Bronx. And The Merchant of Venice. What the hell are you talking about? What are you are you serious? What? I mean, you're talking about a guy who was Tony Montana. And oh. he's another guy who played in that's a spiritual true. sequel, Carlito. Yeah, that's true. Where he has this funny Puerto Rican. Briganti? What was Carlito's last name? Briganti? That's a good point. I don't know how I could forget this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the impression that every actor apparently does is Scarface. You talking to me? No, wait. What am I doing? Why did I just do that? Briganti, yeah. Carlito Briganti. Did you hear I tried to do? I went into Scarface and you talking to me. You did De Niro. Oh, my God. These guys are meshing together now that they're in the movies together. I can't keep them separate. This is funny, though. Like, two big roles of his career. And you're like, guy never does accents. Yeah. Never does it. He's always doing his Bronx, New York. That's so true. Those are, like, I his, mean, those his are most great, iconic. I mean, they're great performances. I guess he, he sinks into the role so much, I can't even remember. He became Tony Montana. I forgot that was Pacino. His face looked different then. I don't know if he was starving himself or something. Mm. He kind of had a... Uh, Joker Phoenix kind of face. Now I want to watch that movie. Is it? Do you ever get that when we just mention movies? You're like, ah, I think I'll have to watch that after. There's another movie we brought up earlier in the pod. I'm like, I might have to put that on tonight. Oh, Solo, I think it was. <laughs> I'm not really going to watch Solo. I I know what you mean. Right? That impulse, yeah. I don't have to, but it's not like, <laughs> if I don't, it's not like, oh, I have to, if I don't do it, I can't <laughs> function anymore. <laughs> Certain things are like that. Like a rate, like a movie that really impacts you. That you have to be like, I gotta. I, it's been too long. Oh yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. I gotta, I mean, it's like nourishment. Yes, I'm running low on Lord of War. I need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Scarface is probably one of those movies for a lot of people. That's for sure. All right, what do we got? What do we got next? Moving past casting. What do you think about Netflix producing this? Now I asked because of this. Netflix gets a bad rap, right? Right. The studios feel threatened by them. And we criticize them a lot for having pretty mediocre movies. No. And here's another one. But. Yes. Yes. But we. I want to add two things. One, we watched two Netflix movies last night. Both of them were good. A lot of their smaller mm, below one of them the was line. 20 minutes. But. Well, a lot but of their It was smaller, a good 20 minutes. Yeah, there's some yeah, amazing yeah. shots in there. A lot of their. Like, the ones you don't hear about are quite good. And then the bright. Bird Box, Triple Frontier are just terrible, you know? I, Bird Box might not be that bad, but you know what I mean? They're just not that great and not mm-hmm. that worth making, it seems. A lot of them just feel pointless. Whereas then when you get to set it up, Anon, there's a lot of nice... even In the tall grass. In the tall grass. The, What's the, the Philadelphia In one? the shadow of the moon. In the shadow of the moon. And they're all hidden. Like it, the setup, we, we had to like search and search. I had to type in like almost the whole thing yeah. before it came up. You can't find them. 
But they're good. They're, and it's the type of movie that we, we always say now. It is cliche to say, oh, Hollywood, Hollywood doesn't make these kinds of movies anymore. It's like, yeah, they do. Netflix makes them. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe they're not so bad after all in a way. But also I'm thinking Scorsese talks so much about how he just couldn't get this movie made. Like a studio would, wouldn't give them the money. And Netflix mm. did. And now we're criticizing Netflix for not putting it in enough theaters. Like, but they, Well, at least they made it. True. They, but caught, then I'm they like, ponied up the money. Wait. Well, let's. First, let's just baseline. Do you think this was worth making? Or would, did you wish that they spent their time differently or they made a different kind of movie? Uh, that's a good question. Because I don't like to say when something didn't work that it wasn't worth doing. Yes. I mean, I don't. that's not worthy of art. Eh, I mean, that's not the right way to say that. But Yeah, but we, the whole point of the podcast is choices. And we think they made yes. a lot of bad choices in this movie. Do Especially you think the focus. Like known- Pacino needs to be the focus. There's no de-aging. It's a Hoffa story. It's Seen, not a Hoffa story. But it should, it should be. be. That's what they should have done. Because it's the part of the problem, too, is they literally have a voiceover at some point that acknowledges, they're like, your generation probably doesn't even know who Jimmy Hoffa was. You probably haven't even heard of him. And if you do, you don't know much about him. And you're like, yes, you're right. I know the name, but I know nothing. Nothing about him. I yes. know more than you, but still, I'd love to know more. And I don't really want to watch the Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito movie. So I'm stuck. What do I do? And here's a movie. It would be a perfect opportunity. And Pacino is so good that you're like, ah, oh, I would have loved more of that. I want to know the inner workings of how this is all. If you want to know more about him, there's a source I found called Wikipedia. <laughs> Very fast. <laughs> you can read everything you need to know about him. I don't want to read. I'd rather watch the Jack Nicholson movie at that point. <laughs> what um, a fake nose. Yeah. Pacino, no fake nose. That's I'm sure he said he's like, Nicholson wears fake noses. Not me. I do not. Based off of Dick Tracy, I do not think Pacino made that stipulation. Oh, right. That's true. Didn't he get nominated for an Oscar for that, too? Well, that was... I mean, that was another time where the critics were just, I don't know, asleep at the wheel. God. Or, it's so funny how Or it's like, like they hate that kind of movie, so then when they get one that's bad, they're like, oh, great, it's the greatest thing ever. It's. I don't... Yeah. Th- no, it's another Goodwill one, because Beatty wrote true, and directed true, it, true, so true, they're like, true. ah, Beatty's our guy. True. It's great. Look at what he's done with a comic book movie. He can't miss. But so this this movie, this Irishman, then is on the list of bad Netflix movies. But does that mean? Yeah, but I don't not think make it's... it. Is it not worth the time and the energy and the money? A lot of money. No, because I think the de aging is is partly experimental, so they couldn't have known going in. Plus, I mean, I was really looking forward to seeing it. You know, and there's still things I like in it. I didn't work, but I don't think they should not have made it. I mean, you're right. So the you, you script it they almost could feels have like you can make that for anything. Then everything should be made, and there's never. No, I, I don't. That's not. What do you mean? That's a generalization. Why do you think that? This movie has some I mean, things it's, uh, on its mind, don't you think? I mean, it's not pointless. What does it have on his mind? That everybody grows old and becomes really <laughs> slow and boring and yeah i mean i don't know what the themes and or the messages muttering. or point of view is that's per se that's a good point i did not take away much of like an angle or a i mean take the head the funniest thing i think about the movie is it seems like a movie that scorsese would hate i don't feel like he would like people being de-aged that seems like something that marvel would do which he's been critical well, they do of. do it they do it a lot better but it has that and then it also just doesn't yeah it just seems to meander for endlessly well that's what i was saying even the description of well the main character does awful things and doesn't feel anything so he's made a movie where 
you don't feel much as you go through it, which seems so uncinematic, right? Yeah, Mr. Cinema. You're detached and you won't feel anything, but that's the point. Okay, great. So you think they shouldn't have made it? Depends. Do I get an alternative? Well, I also wonder how the book is. Like, is the book good? You know, it's Mm -hmm. based off of a book. I only paint houses or whatever. I used to paint houses. Which means killing people. Right. I don't know. Also, I wonder if... So Uh here's the thing I was trying to explain to you. I think if you knew who Jimmy Hoffa was, like the mystery of his disappearance Mm -hmm. was so great. Yeah. Like even when I was coming up as a child, I barely knew Jimmy Hoffa was, but there were so many jokes and so many movies. It was such a pop culture thing to say, to make reference to this disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. I mean, that would be more interesting. And this is like the movie that answers that, that, supposedly, right? Right. It doesn't seem that interested in that. But they should build up that that's like a mystery. I I don't know that. Right. Well, that's what I mean. I feel like to another generation. Generation. But you're right. The movie doesn't even seem that interested in it. And it downplays even that. They're like, yep. It was that simple. It was pretty small potatoes. They even, doesn't he comment when they're burning the body? What's the word? Not burning. Cremated? Cremating the body. He's like, yeah, so that's all it was. Pretty simple stuff. And you're like, oh, well, that's anticlimactic. That's what we built three and a half, almost four hours to. Was, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> really not complicated. Not much of a mystery. Yeah. Well, that, the, the tough thing is what you want to do is be like, oh, no, De Niro, don't kill Pacino. We like Pacino, which I do like him. But you're also like, what he's doing is he has to be killed. You have to kill him. Like, you're just like, you have to do it. Mm. So you're kind of like in De Niro's camp, even though you're like, I don't like De Niro and I don't feel like he cares either way. We've already seen him kill everybody. It doesn't matter if the person's close to him or not. So it's not, you're not like, what's he going to do? You're like, he's going to kill him. His character was not very interesting, which is a really bad movie to build around. The character that's not interesting. It's like the number one rule of any story is build your story around the most interesting character. It's not the first movie to to do this, though. A lot of times the main character is kind of... Because I, it's I the audience I think it's surrogate, flawed. it's kind I think of... it's a flawed it, yeah. way of doing things. I think why why do that. I think if they do it for book purposes, like Get Great Gatsby. No, I think they do it because the main character is supposed to be the audience surrogate. So they're kind of like... They're blank in a way that you can project yourself onto them. And really, you know what I mean? I don't know. It just doesn't work, but no, I'm not defending it. I'm explaining. I mean, I'm assuming that's why, you know what I mean? But yeah, it doesn't work in this, especially cause this is a real story about a real person and real people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's, doesn't necessarily, you don't have an audience surrogate the same way. Oh, I see myself in that person. It's, I see myself in that detached psychopath. Yeah. Who doesn't? Who just mumbles and doesn't do much? Looks old. Oh, we have, wait, wait. Have we not mentioned that De Niro, as a de-aged young man, moves like an old man with his like? Yeah, but this is the thing I want to talk about most. Go, go, unleash! Because yeah. it's ridiculous. And everybody was laughing in the theater when he's one thing. He looks animated, like I was saying earlier. But well, he has a arms. video game face yes. on an old man's body. He's hunched over, and his arms. Hang like an old man. And they don't. He, they move very like block like. They're like very rigid. You notice that with his arms, he would move them like. Yeah, but that doesn't sound old. It it didn't. It sounded. It it almost looked like an old man trying thinking. Oh, this is what young people do. 
They well, moved their arms. That is what they were doing. So I heard. But so it doesn't look young. It looks like why is he doing? He looks like a nut job. No, he still looks really old, and there's a frailty to it. Especially when he's kicking that guy at the grocery store. Yeah, there's he, a part when he's stomping a guy out, and he yeah, he's just an old man, and he he ambles over to the guy, and then he's he's kicking him like a tissue caught on fire, and he's trying to put it out with his shoe. It looks like he's going to do himself more damage. I was worried he was going to break a hip. And the guy is screaming as if he's being stomped by the rock or something. <laughs> you know, and De Niro is just like, uh, very like effeminately like, uh, 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 you know, and the guy's like, ah, ah, <laughs> I was, I was, I'm telling you, I was worried for De Niro in that scene. I was, I no, he, he, he did. It, he did. He did look like he was going to hurt himself. And the other guy was really screaming. His walk was so... He just looks like an old timer, but he is. But then, yeah, he has this digital video game face. It's so funny to watch. But the other thing is, the character, the Irishman, famously has blue eyes. So they've given De Niro blue eyes. Oh, right. I forgot. Unbelievable. I can't believe I forgot. so silly to watch. Those eyes. Oh, my God. And that scene in the beginning when he's driving the old truck and he's a young man looked like Welcome to Morrowind. Like I mean, he looked like one of <laughs> Steve Carell's characters in that. Little it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, he might as well have been a plastic doll in an old truck, driving around like as a marionette. It was funny because Scorsese talked about that. You know, they got all the technology to get the faces right, and he's like, "Great, I guess we can do this." And then there was a stunt guy or body guy, and they're like, "Well, wait a minute, they can't." act the way they look old the way they're moving they're gonna have to do those they're gonna scenes. have to position their bodies differently they can't move like old guys old men move differently than the young guys and so scorsese said the first day pacino's on set and he's like picking up a phone it's the one when he talks to De Niro. And he's, hey kid you know i like his style he picked up the phone differently and the guy came to scorsese and he said he can't pick up the phone like that that's how an old man picks up a phone that's not how a young guy picks up a phone and scorsese goes you this is my first time working with Pacino. You want me to go over there and tell him he has to answer the phone different, like he's answering it old? I don't want him not going to do that. And the guy's like, well, yeah, what do you got to do? And he's like, oh, come on, I don't want to. I want him to focus on the acting. I don't care about how he picks it. <laughs> but eventually he does. And, he has to. and then they had to focus on that all throughout. Like De Niro would be walking down a staircase, and the guy would be like, that's not how you go down a staircase. Young people bounce. They freely. You can't. I mean, it <laughs> seems like it's really <laughs> affecting De Niro. Which makes sense. It doesn't seem like it worked. It's funny that they even focused on it because if our first takeaway was, wait, they're still moving like old guys. Like it, Pacino seemed fine, but he didn't seem to be aged differently that much. No, I yeah, I thought I he seemed like he was playing more in his wheelhouse, and he didn't have digital eyeballs, blue eyes. I mean, come on. How about what you liked when uh, De Niro, who's the most Italian guy we got, Joe Pesci has a scene where they have to explain why De Niro can speak Italian. Oh, right, right, right. He's like, well, I was in the war and I was stationed in Europe, in Italy, so that's where I learned. And it's like, we forgot you weren't Italian. Even though the movie's not. Yeah, you don't need to explain it. We just assumed you were. We don't think you're Irish. It's like when Russell Crowe was Jewish and American gangster and he has to always wear a Jewish star necklace around his neck to remind us. Like, oh, right, yeah, we forgot you're supposed to be Jewish. Oh, man, that makes me think they should have gotten <laughs> like an Irish actor, like a Daniel Day-Lewis or somebody. Whoa. And he's worked with Scorsese before, Gangs of New York. I don't know if he would do the de-aging, but... He's got blue eyes, right? He looks young enough, though. His skin looks still pretty... Yeah. You could probably not even need to do it. Well, he's younger than De Niro. They'd only have to age him up. Or He seems like 
pretty healthy and nimble that even at an old man he could kind of look like yeah. a young person. That would be big. He's kept himself in good shape. I'd actually rather that. I'd rather Day Lewis versus Pacino. Oh, that's now we're getting intense. Wow, that feels like a totally different movie. Because this movie's not intense. It's so much of the all of De Niro's stuff is kind of cartoony. It feels like Welcome to Marwin in a in a weird way, tonally, right? It's silly. Not in a weird way. It is. It's yeah. that movie. It's like there are these CGI characters that just pop up in scenes where you're like, this wasn't necessary. Let's just cut this. Yeah. Did you notice? So a lot of laughter from the from all the de-aging and just from just seeing De Niro moving really funny with this like fake young face. And then there was also, I don't know, <laughs> I feel like you didn't realize it. What? You... The way our we we brought in some snacks and they were like really loud. The bags. I don't know. I don't know what they were made out of, but opening them and like rifling through them was like so so loud. And because the movie had like no noise and no energy to it, every scene was really quiet. So every time I would reach in, I could see the people. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> looking. Oh, you're so that guy. So I was being like, we oh. were those guys, I guess. Yes. You. But I was being like trying to do it as slowly and like only at times when it was loud and conscientious about it, but I still could see them turning over every once in a while and give me the look. It's funny when you try to go slow yes. and then you're like, it makes it worse. Well, so now worse. I'm making it take so much longer. If I just dip my fingertips in there and get it out real fast, we get it over with quick. It's like pulling the bandaid off, right? You're like, I was doing okay. Slowly and every noise is, you know, I was doing all right. And I started to just feel like, all right, I'm just not going to, I'm going to just wait, wait it out. You did not, feel this at all no and you were going in and you <laughs> you were going like as loud as possible and the things we were eating were loud were crunchy yeah. it was just low there wasn't a lot of volume for this movie wait do you remember when and we the saw people the... kept looking over and over and over and i was just looking at them and smiling like Haha, do you remember when we saw the jeff goldblum movie at the landmark and oh they have those God. the paper bags are like shopping bags of yes. popcorn and it's that the noisiest paper that's and what I'm, they serve there, so it definitely yeah. Wasn't the your woman's fault. like kicking me and like, would you keep it down, this old you know crotchety lady? That was also a quiet movie too. I remember, it was such low. Yeah, but what am I supposed to do? It's the bag of popcorn. It's the snack of movies. I didn't design the bag to be that. No, what am I? That supposed one to wasn't do? your I fault. Couldn't get this, the popcorn out. This time was your fault because yeah, you're yeah. you're going in like right, and then to not only do that, it's I actually thought you saw them and were like, hey. Two, two middle fingers because you started as soon as you finished you didn't just finish and like gently put them somewhere you like rolled up the metal of it <laughs> like the tube it, of toothpaste yes you rolled it up and put it in like the cup holder and when you roll it up the whole thing was <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the most interesting thing that happened in that theater no it wasn't that was what was filling I was I was getting like heated I was like oh my god ah, look at all the conflict oh, what, is he gonna notice are they going to do anything? Are they going to just keep looking over and give me the look? I'm not doing anything about it. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's a movie happening. No, there isn't. Nothing's happening up there. What's that? <laughs> what do we got coming up? Well, after that was the in-theater experience. I liked, um, I will say, favorite scene, small, insignificant. The There's a scene in a car wash when De Niro's in the car, going through the car wash, looking out the window, and there's flap what are they called the things that dangle down and swipe over the car who, what is who called car wash people yeah what, i'm know. not a car wash professional but yeah. 
I don't know. Most people in the general population don't know what those are called. Right. So those yeah, they know flap what they are. dangling those, those, they're flapping on around. They're in slow motion in front of the frame, you know, and the music's really cool. And it's in slow motion. It's It was funny to me because that was like a standout scene. That was my favorite part. It doesn't have any signif- much significance to anything. And then I guess he's outside looking in at the thing happening. I don't really remember that. But, yeah, it was funny because somebody asked Scorsese that at the interview. And they're like, was all that in the script? And he's like, script? No. Yeah, the script said he goes to a car wash, you know? Period. That's it. <laughs> all that other stuff. You know, then slow motion. He's standing outside. He's looking in. I don't know. These things happen on set, you know? <laughs> I really wish he was in all of his movies. <laughs> he should be. He's so funny. He's incredible. But it was funny the way he downplayed all of, like, you think master filmmaker, he would have, mm-hmm, you know? And he's mm-hmm. just like, nah, no. See the guy wash. We get on set. I see Slow motion. Put him over here. He's looking this way. That's how it happened, you know? That makes sense. He sounds like his, because I saw his parents, like, interviewed, and they sound like Oh, that. really? They sound just like, because he'd always do that after any of his movies. He would have, like, he'd film what his parents reacted to it and have them all talking at kind of dinner table. Yeah. Eating pasta and stuff. <laughs> His mom's in, what is she in, Goodfellas? Oh, I don't know. Is she? Isn't she one of the I moms? I think she's the mom of Ray Liotta or somebody. That's the mom. Oh. The old he said also uh, when he wanted to get Joe Pesci back, they were like, why did he retire? He's like, I don't know. You know, he's from Jersey. What are you going to do? He's a Jersey <laughs> guy. And then like, how did you get him back? And he's like, I went to him and I said, Joe, come on. You got to come back. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And he's like, please don't tell Bobby. He's like, don't tell Bobby. And he's like, no, what do you mean? And he's like, because you're going to tell Bobby, and then Bobby's going to convince me to do it. You know, he's going to want me to do it, and I'm not going to be able to say no to him. <laughs> and that's what he did. Right? Yeah, that's what happened. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Hey. You know? Hey. So I told Bobby. <laughs> I definitely want to get, once I get to an age where I need glasses, the Sc- they should have the Scorsese's. You know, mm. that should be like a model of glasses, those big that's actually what his mom, I don't know if his dad wore it. Dad might have worn those too. It's almost a similar kind oh, of. Oh, really? Yeah, these big, big eyeglasses. He was he was not opposed to working with Pacino. It wasn't like there were different camps and he was like, you're not in my hmm. team of, you know, traveling yeah. it seems performers. It doesn't make sense why these two um, no, they were supposed to. Italians uh, wouldn't have worked together. Yeah, it was that make a lot, a lot of, of movies about Italians. It was a lot of just uh, like they were working on a. They wanted to do a, a movie about uh, the famous artist Medigliani mm. in the eighties, and they just couldn't get it. Couldn't get it off the ground. They couldn't get it together. But that would have been really cool because I I really like Medigliani. Yeah, they do that. I wish they did that that movie instead of this movie. Yeah, de-aged Pacino to make him Medigliani. You don't even need to de-age him. People aren't like. He wasn't actually that old when this, this, and this happened. He'd be like, whatever. You could make a whole li- think about the list of movies where Pacino is supposed to play a famous painter with a great filmmaker, and it falls through. And then the movie that ends up happening is worse. Well, we don't know if it's worse, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? What do you mean? What's your other? He was supposed movie? to do a Dali movie with my guy. Uh, what's the Lord of War guy's name? Why am I? Why? Uh, why is it slipping my mind? Nickel? No. no. Who did Lord of War? What did you just say? Andrew Nickel? Yes, Andrew Nickel. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I didn't... I, oh, yeah. I thought you said Mickle, like Nickel, like the, the Netflix movie. He was supposed to do it with... Andrew Nickel was going to do Dali and me. It's just tough because it wasn't... 
Wasn't Adrian Brody Dali in the Midnight in Paris? Yeah. It's he's he is him. They look so much alike, and they fit. Pacino would have. I don't. I don't know. That would have been a, a good performance because I don't see him as Dali at all. Adrian Brody was a good Dali. They should make that movie. Yeah. Andrew yeah. Nichol. What's he doing? Anons and. Well, well Anon, we like, but what about the other one? Good Kill. No, but I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't have that. He just put Anon out. He finally needs a right, right, right. Smaller movie that he can make. Brody. But I'd What's like Brody Pacino because Pacino did Simone, Sim One with uh, with uh, Andrew Nichol, and mm. which is a really underrated flick. I'd Very like to underrated. see them work together again. That that's a great movie. And actually, pr- that's one of those movies that you're going to see an article at some point where people go, "This movie predicted our time." Mm. It actually predicted this new James Dean kind of thing coming. Yeah. Except instead of taking an old star, they create a star who's not real. It doesn't exist. Oh, actually, Simone Simone is what everyone's afraid of with this de-aging stuff. Exactly. That they're not going to need anyone Actors. in the future. And they can just say, well, we'll just take a likeness yeah. of a few other people. Boop. That's funny. That's what that movie is literally about. I mean, that's what... I think that's what the Disney does when they bring you in to do any CGI with you. They like put you in a machine and they can, like, take your likeness and they can use it mm. indefinitely in their theme parks and they're probably thinking hey 50 years from now we'll use it hmm. we'll be able to put you in our movies and or we don't even need we'll just use pieces of you we'll say hey we need chris evans's eyes but we won't even need to pay chris evans family or anybody we'll just use his eyes i heard those were his eyes in the irishman the blue eyes were chris, chris evans <laughs> in de niro's face scary those were some scary eyes Anything else you got? Was there anything from Godfather Part 2 you wanted to mention? Yeah, that's that's funny. I was just going to say, uh, I definitely remembered it being a little bit better than it was. It was cool seeing it up on the big screen. Mm. My, I always thought Godfather 2 was better than the first one because I thought there's two scenes. Pacino's like my favorite actor growing up. Mm. And the scene when he finds out Fredo's double-crossing him in Cuba and the scene when he, that we, the aforementioned scene with Diane Keaton when uh, he finds out she got an abortion instead of a miscarriage. I thought those two moments are like Pacino in top form at his best, you know, and the Fredo scene, you pointed out what Fredo's doing is so stupid. It kind of undercuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pacino's still really awesome in the scene mm-hmm. and it's subtle. He doesn't overdo anything. It's just like a subtle look, which I always thought was great, but yeah, what Fredo's doing is so dumb. It's kind of like, come on, really? That's how he discovers. And the other scene is great. I don't know if it is enough to, but I watched that scene went a little longer. Yeah, yeah. Kind of cut it off. He like slams the door and the scene's over, and you're like, "That's where the scene needs right. to." You just and more build. I mean, like we said, we wanted more of her. So well, you need. You can never say in a movie where that's three and a half hours. I needed more build. Yeah, up. yeah. Like those should never align. Yeah. But again, both of these movies, I don't even think of them as movies. If a movie goes over three hours, I think it's not a movie anymore. It's like some other new other thing. Or at least Godfather Two had an intermission. True. Where does the Irishman get off not having an intermission? It did. You just—it's called sleeping yeah, in the yeah. seat. That's, <laughs> I, that was your intermission. I made my own intermission because he didn't miss much that last hour. Oof. You know what I think about the both of the movies: Godfather, Godfather Part Two, Goodfellas, Casino. I think all those movies are just so good on cable. Like they're so good to get like an hour of them. You don't need to watch the whole thing. You can jump in at any point that's and just watch that. a nice hour and be like oh these are so oh, look and they look so great on your tv screen you go well, i'm this is incredible what am i watching here this is oh my god that's funny because my favorite movie is jfk which is really long and i didn't see it from start to finish i like i took it in i think it was on hbo 
and I took it in in three separate parts. I watched like the middle at some point and then got interrupted. And then I saw the end before I saw the beginning. And then I went back and saw the beginning. So I literally throw it and saw it in three separate sections out of order, you know, and great. It was phenomenal. It's like my favorite movie. Maybe that's, what if it was a better way to experience it? I think it it is. I think, I think some (laughs) movies aren't good in one sitting, especially if it's over that, if it's that length, I don't think it works. I I mean, now I want to watch JFK on the big screen. Do they ever show that on the big screen? They must out here, right? I don't know for a while. It's so like prescient. So like, yeah, of the moment where we have conspiracy theories, everywhere right it would be a good one to have this is like the movie screen. that and this is the conspiracy theory of all conspiracy theories where you're like and also i think i mentioned it in irishman i thought at one point the end of the irishman was going to be or one of the scenes was going to be that this irishman was just part of every assassination so he didn't just kill hoffa he also killed jfk like he was going to be the guy next to on the on the oh, yeah, yeah on the grassy knoll you know it was going to be a little irishman you're going to have de-aged De Niro. <laughs> well, that's how it's gonna end. I thought there was, there was two versions. One version I, I I whispered to you during the screening. I was like, maybe like an hour and a half in. I was just like, are we just gonna like is the movie gonna oh, end yeah. once they die? Like once they get old and die? And that's actually what happened. Are we gonna watch them? Yeah, yeah till till they die. And, and they then did. literally like four hours in, you're like, oh, I guess yeah, I was right. You like, woke up at the end and joke. you looked at me like, are they really like in a nursing home about to like can barely like eat? I'm like, yeah. Why were we talking about breaking the fourth wall the other day? Because in JFK is the great scene. Remember that conversation we were having? I think that had to do with Kristen Stewart starting the Charlie's Angels breaking the fourth wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does it more than once. Mm-hmm. She opens, but she also does that one where... On the couch, I think, right? No, they're on a boat. There's a moment when she turns to the camera and sticks oh, her tongue out, and right. you're very caught off guard. You're like, oh, wait, and is she looking at us? And you kind of like kid. panic a little. Mm-hmm. And then they cut, and there's a little kid that they hadn't shown before, and she's just goofing around with a little kid. But when the scene first begins, did you get that shiver of like, like she broke out of the movie for a second and was acknowledging us? And you're like, oh, yeah. you noticed us here ah, this whole time. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And the movie opened with her talking directly into the camera. It's a technique they use. I was telling you, it's like JFK has a really cool example where when Kurt Russell's giving his closing speech in court, at one point he turns to the camera, looks directly at the viewer and says, only you can change, make a change, this change or something like that. You know, like you are responsible for this. Mm. Looking at us, the audience. The other great example, the classic one is in The Birds. She looks right in the camera and says, none of this would have happened if it weren't for you. Something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but and basically meaning the audience. Like if you guys weren't here, I bought it. I bought your performance. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> That's funny when you paraphrase and then your line, the way you deliver it, is actually more interesting. Like you, you rewatch it and go, oh, that's not actually. Actually, how I that is. I think it. the birds is like that, where yeah. you're like, oh, that's. I feel like we learned about it in film school, and then when you watch it, you're like, well, that wasn't that big of a moment, really. I don't even know if I would have noticed that. <laughs> but it's cool. It's it's generally supposed to be subtle, unless you're doing like a. A documentary like an Irishman where he, he, yeah, he's breaking the fourth wall then he's yeah. like telling us hey get re- get get ready this is three and a half hours of but then he's boring. directly talking to us you know like a Ferris yes. Bueller or Deadpool where they're they're acknowledging our presence a lot of the time it's supposed to still be kind of in the diegetic world and it's just an indirect thing you're supposed to feel not really notice as much that was the Irishman we made it through it we're we're older now but we'll we'll just be de-aged. It'll be fine. Don't worry about us. Can you de-age a voice? Remember we talked about that in the beginning, right? Can you de-age a voice? Our voices were de-aged for this episode. You couldn't mm-hmm. hear the difference? 
Oh, no, not as of recording it. I'm going to de-age them after in post-production. Uh, that would so. be a cool feature if in our uh, program that we edit with. If it's like a little check mark, you can hit de-age. It probably is, actually. Uh, I'm going to be up all night trying to <laughs> make us sound old and gruff. Was, it? Was that it for the Irishman? Part of our... this is I, I would call this a spiritual sequel. To what though? As a Scorsese and De Niro, or De Niro and Pacino? To all of them. It has. It's one of those ones that's not one movie. It's like a spiritual sequel to like three different movies colliding. Righteous Kill, all the Scorsese De Niro movies. Because Scorsese's mob movies are almost like a genre unto themselves, aren't they? It's just funny when people say something like that. It's like, yeah, you could make that right. distinction. You could always do that for anything. Theoretically, anything could be a subgenre of anything else. Yeah. Do you think? It is hard to believe yes. that him and De Niro have not worked together since Casino, isn't it? Is that not... I mean, we can't emphasize it That's enough. probably the main, yeah. That's It doesn't doesn't seem real. We should say, too, I feel like we didn't actually say it. De Niro's not very good in this movie. I'm oh, sure well, most people will be afraid to wait, say that. He's not very good in it. He's. We've said that almost every five minutes. No, I feel like we kept talking about how... Like well, his no, no, no. body we said he was boring. He was boring. We wish uh, he wasn't the main character. He wasn't interesting. Well, that's more his character. I'm saying his performance also. If we if we didn't make it clear, it's not just the de aging. It seemed like all they want, all Bobby De Niro wanted to do this movie was like, I want to hang out with Pesci and Scorsese, and we'll just kind of, you know, I'll just sit there. And be like, oh, what, what do we do? Hey, uh, let's let's remember the good times. Yeah. All right. Let's. I think we gotta stop rambling. Yeah, the rambling is, Let's stop rambling. Let's rambled on to fourth wall breaking when so make keep, sure yes go, you go, boop, 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 boop. make sure rate review yeah i'd love to hear some good reviews you know let us know the thoughts and look out for uh the charlie's angels this probably just came out dr sleep came out yeah we were just talking about the charlie's angels the fourth wall breaking we're gonna get into that more uh, on that pod and we'll probably do a, a spiritually streaming soon because we got to set it up we got it in the tall grass and this is a good setup for that because this is theoretically a Netflix movie that's streaming, even though we saw it in the theaters. So true. And then we got we got other we got Knives Out coming. Ryan Johnson, part of his uh, detective movie, a, a brick spiritual sequel, part of his subgenre. All right, that's enough. That'll be a wrap. The sequel discussion to be continued. <laughs>